Welcome, welcome to the Remarkable Orator Podcast. I am your host, Anika Apple, and I am so glad that you've decided to come and snuggle up with us today. You know I have a great story for you. It is my pleasure to introduce the guest that I have with me today on the Remarkable Orator Podcast. It is none other than the remarkable Tammy Hunter. Tammy Hunter is my sorority sister. We are are members of the Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. And um, she's my line sister. And it's amazing how Sigma has played such an important part of our lives, both in collegiate years and beyond. But I would say one of the best things that Sigma brought me is Tammy. She is one of my best friends. Um, I love her as if she is a part of my family because she is. Um, And I'm so excited about having her with me today. Tammy is um, incredible. She is um, a self-proclaimed hustler by nature. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about the transition and transformation and growth that we've had throughout the podcast today. We've got a lot of stories to tell. Um, And I promise for those of you that are listening, we'll protect the names of the innocent, but we're not going to promise we're going to protect the names of the guilty. But um, Tammy is, she has worked in um, nonprofits um, for the good portion of her career. It's funny, when I think back um, post-college, we went to college in in New Jersey and she moved to the Maryland area. And I can remember road tripping down to see her pretty much any weekend that I could. If I could be on the road on my way down to Silver String, Maryland to go hang out with her, I was on the road. I bring people with me, I go by myself. I had my CD player sitting on the seat next to me. Yes, for you millennials out there, the CD player was actually not in the car. It sat on the seat. And um, I would be bumping on my way down. And I'm going to tell you what I would be playing when I, after my introduction for Tammy, so we can talk about how we have aptly titled this episode. Um, But I would go down there and spend time with her. And I just remember, even though we're relatively close in age, looking up to her as a big sister. So proud of the way that she stepped into her career. I'm so proud of the way that she, you know, built a life for herself. She was the first in my friend group to pick up and move. And I just thought that was so amazing because that's that's definitely what I wanted to do. But she was just bold and brave. And as she moved down there, I remember at one point I was like, geez, do you have like three jobs? Like she just has always been someone who's had three or four irons in the fire. And when I think about what that inspired for me, it's like she was a live example of a woman who could do it all. There are a lot of women in my life, um, my mom's friends um, mostly, who have just been incredible dynamos. They've just, you know, done amazing things, traveled the world, you know, started their own businesses, entrepreneurs like my mom. Um, But in terms of my friend group, Tammy was the first one to really step out and just drive. And I would watch her and I wanted some of that energy. I wanted some of that. I wanted to be like her. 
And, um, and for her to be proud of me as a little sister, even though we were on the same line, um, you know, for her to be proud of the person that I grew into, I learned so much from her um, and from watching her. I'll tell you a little bit about what she's doing right now in her career. So she's worked with Everyone Home DC for over a decade. Um, and she is the Director of Program Operations and is the HR liaison. Um, Tammy is a dynamo. In addition to um, working <laughs> with Everyone Home DC, she has traveled the world with a really special business um, that a good friend who's, who's like a sister to her started. Um, she has been involved with several um, service organizations, and she is currently on the board of directors for Grace in Action, Inc. Um, and I would tell you one of the other really interesting things is she introduced me to a small company called Prepaid Legal, now called Legal Shield, um, many years ago. And um, one of the, the, I think I've mentioned maybe in an episode before that um, direct sales has been a part of my life for so many, at so many different junctures. I think I've been a part of four different <laughs> direct sales companies. Um, I love sales, clearly. Um, but she introduced me to, to that company. And what I recall most was not about the business, but it was about what I heard and saw from her around God. Huh. So you pause for a second and you're like, no, wait a minute. You just said she introduced you to this business. But what you saw and heard was around God. There's a really interesting story about how this business came into her life and what her intentions were with doing this business. And I'm going to let her tell that. But I would tell you, for me, I always knew her to be someone who was spiritually connected but what I saw and heard from, from her about purpose and how he was pouring through her was just incredibly magnified at that time in her life. And I have had a front row seat to watching him continue to, to evolve her, to demonstrate his commitment to growing her and pushing her out of her comfort zone to a day where I really see her walking in his light and bringing his light forward into the world. It is not unusual for the two of us to be in a conversation where we're talking to each other about something that's happening today. And all of a sudden the voice shifts. For me, I start talking faster. You know, when I start talking faster, it is God pouring through me. Um, and similarly, I will hear Tammy's voice change a bit. And I'm like, okay, God, I hear you coming through her. Um, she's never told me directly that God talks through her, but I experience it from her all the time. And I am so grateful that she would allow herself to be used as a vessel for him. You know, done amazing things, traveled the world, you know, started their own businesses, entrepreneurs like my mom. Um, but in terms of my friend group, Tammy was the first one to really step out and just drive. And I would watch her and I wanted some of that energy. I wanted some of that. I wanted to be like her. 
And, um, and for her to be proud of me as a little sister, even though we were on the same line, um, you know, for her to be proud of the person that I grew into, I learned so much from her um, and from watching her. I'll tell you a little bit about what she's doing right now in her career. So she's worked with Everyone Home DC for over a decade. Um, and she is the Director of Program Operations and is the HR liaison. Um, Tammy is a dynamo. In addition to um, working <laughs> with Everyone Home DC, she has traveled the world with a really special business um, that a good friend who's, who's like a sister to her started. Um, she has been involved with several um, service organizations, and she is currently on the board of directors for Grace in Action, Inc. Um, and I would tell you one of the other really interesting things is she introduced me to a small company called Prepaid Legal, now called Legal Shield, um, many years ago. And um, one of the, the, I think I've mentioned maybe in an episode before that um, direct sales has been a part of my life for so many, at so many different junctures. I think I've been a part of four different <laughs> direct sales companies. Um, I love sales, clearly. Um, but she introduced me to, to that company. And what I recall most was not about the business, but it was about what I heard and saw from her around God. Huh. So you pause for a second and you're like, no, wait a minute. You just said she introduced you to this business. But what you saw and heard was around God. There's a really interesting story about how this business came into her life and what her intentions were with doing this business. And I'm going to let her tell that. But I would tell you, for me, I always knew her to be someone who was spiritually connected but what I saw and heard from, from her about purpose and how he was pouring through her was just incredibly magnified at that time in her life. And I have had a front row seat to watching him continue to, to evolve her, to demonstrate his commitment to growing her and pushing her out of her comfort zone to a day where I really see her walking in his light and bringing his light forward into the world. It is not unusual for the two of us to be in a conversation where we're talking to each other about something that's happening today. And all of a sudden the voice shifts. For me, I start talking faster. You know, when I start talking faster, it is God pouring through me. Um, and similarly, I will hear Tammy's voice change a bit and I'm like, okay, God, I hear you coming through her. Um, she's never told me directly that God talks through her, but I experience it from her all the time. And I am so grateful that she would allow herself to be used as a vessel for him. I think I will stop talking at this point so I can bring you one of my favorite people to ever walk this earth. Um, I am so incredibly blessed by her. You don't know. Tammy and I um, have known each other for over 20 years. And quite honestly, we've had moments where we probably haven't talked for maybe three months, maybe even a year. I hate to think that that could be possibly true. Okay, maybe several months, but we pick up like 
we've never not talked. And that's a miraculous thing. When you have a friend who knows you, knows your heart so well that there's never a question about where you've been or what you've been doing. It's like, how can I support you? How can I be there for you in this moment? And I am grateful to her for that. So I am going to bring to you my longtime friend, my sister, my soror, and one of the most incredible people I know, Tammy Hunter. Tammy, hello, welcome. Thank you. I'm like, after that introduction, I'm like, you did not share with me that crying would possibly be a part of all of this. Well, you know, at the Remarkable Orator, we believe that healing comes through storytelling and a lot of times healing comes with tears. A lot of the storytelling and things that we've overcome comes with tears. Um, and I intentionally don't wear mascara and will not have this on video so we can have the ugly cry if we like. <laughs> it's a plus and that may be uh, necessary. Well, I am so glad to have you, beautiful. It is so good for you to be here with me today. I would love to just start off by you sharing um, any other any other opening pieces that you would like our listeners to know about you. And then I've got some fun questions. We're going, we're going journey all the way back to 1994, which for some of you listeners probably feels like we're ancient, but to be clear, we are not old. Okay. We are in the prime of our life. You're absolutely right. We're just, we're just seasoned well. We're, we're just you know, aging with grace. We're like wine. Yes. Yes. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Um, and I call Tammy T. So I will likely say that throughout the podcast, just so you know. Um, so T, I'm going to turn it over to you. What, what would you like the listeners to know about you? Well, before I share a little bit about me, I just have to definitely say how humbled I am to listen to that intro. Um, you know, we talk uh, often and um, we always share about how proud we are of each other or just, you know, talk about our relationship over these years and how far God has brought us and just the things that we get to do. But I don't know, today kind of hit me a little bit different um, to be able to hear um, how you feel about me and how you look um, at me. Some of those things, um, I don't think that we've ever had conversations about. Um, so it's very humbling to um, be able to hear that because I've always looked at you the same and they always say, you know, iron sharpens iron. Um, and so I think that even just thinking about it now, um, when you talk about purpose and, and, you know, I share sometimes with you about positioning and God really does know what we're going to need and when we need it in our relationship and meeting each other in 1994 was for such a time as now, you know, like he, all the encounters, good, bad, indifference, um, you know, he knew what he had us purpose to do and, and, and that we would need each other to be able to continue to do that. Um, and so I, I am very humbled um, to know you and to be a part of your life. And I thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life for, oh my gosh, almost three decades in a, in a year or two, right? And um, your family, 
um, just embracing me and really just as is, you know, on those good days and and all the things that you've accomplished. I'm so proud and excited of the things that God, are, he's just, I mean, like working through you um, and not just for you and your family, but how that is transferring to other people. So um, I have no choice, of course, but to pay, pay it forward, um, being attached to you. So um, I love you and I thank you for this opportunity. Um, and we're gonna continue to do it, you know? Um, so thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. And um, I think you heard her trying to pull the ugly cry out of me too. So um, I, I appreciate you, T. And um, I love what you said about God knowing that we were going to need each other. It's funny. I just remember when we made the decision that we were going to join Sigma Gamma Rho meeting you and I feel like within an hour of meeting each other, it was like I had known you my whole life. Like you are my sister. And oh, um, it's just, it is so clear that throughout our lives, we've held each other's hands through the joy and through some of the toughest challenges that we've had to go through. And I agree with you that, that God absolutely positioned you in my life. Um, for such a time as this, to be an accountability partner and fuel the growth and push. Um, I feel like that was the case after college, because I really, really needed you then, um, exploring who I was and trying to figure out, like, what do I want to do with my life? Who did I want to be when I grew up? Um, but I just, I just want you to know, because this day really is about you telling your story, that I honor you and all of the things that you've done and the way that you've impacted people. There are so many people across our path that have talked about the way that you have had an impact. And what I know from the work that you've done is that you have changed people's lives. So spend a moment and share some of that so that the listeners can get a little bit of that love from my good friend T. Um, wow. Um, yeah, so uh, of course, I'm a Jersey girl, um, born and raised, uh, moved to the Maryland area in 96. So not too far after um, undergrad. Um, and yeah, just kind of knew that I needed to do something different. Um, being the youngest of two girls and adore my sister as I do, um, you know, she is such a boss chick, you know, you, you, you kind of feel like you have to really just kind of be exceptional, <laughs> um, all the time. And I kind of was not that, um, growing up, you know, they, I'm, I'm thinking of a moment when, um, we were not too long ago on a reunion call and you mentioned Sisoras, you were like, yeah, we're still trouble. We're just good trouble. <laughs> and so today, so I think about, <laughs> you know, the majority of my time in my life, like I've always been into something, right? Whether I'm being MacGyver, trying to fix something, um, you know, just kind of, I've never been really afraid to try um, and just to venture out and do things. And sometimes that served me well and sometimes not so much. Um, but in moving, you're right. It was literally like, you know what, in order for me to really grow up 
And I, and not realizing and recognizing the innate, like how God was just moving. And um, it was like, in order to do that on my own terms, to be respected and viewed as such, I knew that I needed to leave Jersey. And um, as hard as it was, I remember my mom having to have surgery uh, and it was like, I knew I had to go. And, um, you know, of course she, she was excited about it and nervous. And I packed up my car and um, it was raining like so hard. And I probably was crying just as hard as it was raining. Um, and, you know, just a bunch of a mixed, mixed emotions, just excitement. Um, I am a mama's girl all day. Um, and the baby on many levels. <laughs> um, and, and so it was, you know, it was, it was a tough thing to do. It wasn't a hard decision um, because I knew that I needed to do it. And I promise you this, by the time I got to the end of the turnpike and I crossed into Delaware, the rain started to lighten up. And when I crossed into Maryland, the sun was out. And I just knew that that's where I was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so, as you know, that started that journey. And, uh, you know, because you, 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 were, you were there often. <laughs> and I was, you know, I've been blessed to encounter such amazing people. Um, and, and throughout my life, I have to say that that is, um, I recognize now as a gift, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sometimes at work, they call me like the Olivia Pope. <clears throat> um, you know, it's that connection, being able to um, meet people and connect with people and, and finding value in that and, and, and being able to not take advantage of that. Um, and, and that all comes with lessons just learned. And I've been able to meet some amazing people. Um, you know, went to school, you talked about me being a hustler and, and, and being a Jersey girl is just, you know, in you. Um, yeah, I did. I went to, uh, I was in school, I was working two jobs, um, you know, maintaining my lifestyle, um, still active with sorority stuff. And, um, you know, just, I've always been busy and always, have been doing something and um, all productive things and all things that kind of lead and have led up to who I am now. So when you speak about, you know, prepaid and I have had some awesome mentors throughout my life um, in undergrad, um, through business, through graduate school, like I have had some amazing people. And in that business, I was really, really blessed to be able to meet like the, the, you know, I'll, I'll call them like the Justice League of, of, mm-hmm. of, of just mentorship, you know, um, Michael Humes, Darnell Self, Dawn Harvey, um, you know, uh, it's the, oh my gosh, Kevin Mack, like it's like so many people, Linda Gray, like, you know, um, that really just believed in paying it forward and you know their the 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 team and their their whole foundation was about faith family 
and then your finances. And I think that's when I really began to really kind of piecemeal and put together and prioritize, um, you know, just what was important in life and, and um, developing those leadership skills um, and, and having that interest in leadership and, and finding my best self and helping other people to develop their best selves um, is all I think where that began to really flourish. Um, I think it was, it's always been in me, um, you know, minor, having a degree in, in sociology and psychology, but it, it just began to really manifest as I began to grow, you know, and change and um, really listen to understand and be responsive versus, um, you know, reactionary. And that just comes with maturity. Yep. Uh, you know, when you, you listen different, or, or I should say you begin to hear differently. Mm -hmm. I, I, I said that to, to mom the other day. I said, yeah, I, I, I was listening to you. I just didn't hear you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that probably sums up my youth of I listened, but I just really wasn't hearing. And as I began to grow, I, I began to hear differently. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what put me on that path of um, personal development and kind of just being thirsty for that level of growth and um, having that. And as I said, the foundation of the faith being first, it was kind of growing that at the same time. And I was able to meet um, my pastor, Pastor Alan Gray, well, Overseer Gray now, who has been phenomenal um, and has always been an integral part um, of my adult life. And um, just kind of drawing that thirst for understanding and learning the word for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and the importance of that. And I really have to, um, you know, give credit where it's due to him for that. Um, he always would say, you know, you're going to learn more on accident than in, on purpose. Mm. And yeah. I did. And he, and, and um, it just kind of started to grow. And so I found myself in um, different leadership positions, you know, from being the youngest manager when I was a director um, for DC Central Kitchen, which is a phenomenal organization. Mm -hmm. um, I spent about 10 years there and, um, and now they have, you know, branched off and have different entities in the, you know, campus kitchens and the world kitchen that Jose has started. And, you know, I look sometimes at the, the chew and, you know, when Carla used to be a guest chef in the kitchen, you know, training individuals um, who came from prison and came from just, you know, compromised um, backgrounds and watch these individuals change their life. And that helped again to add layers of um, just growth and mm. recognizing, um, you know, that people are not their situations. Mm. And that have given an opportunity and given, um, you know, grace 
and some and and some time and someone to find a little value and worth within what you're trying to do and what you're trying to become that anything is possible and they taught me that um, at that organization um, and that is where I began to grow. And like I said, just being in leadership roles and finding myself in those roles, but really kind of taking the opportunity to appreciate and value uh, what was kind of bestowed upon me and, or, or people looking and seeing more in me than I did in myself. And, mm -hmm. and when I began to recognize that, I think that's when the light came on and, um, I began kind of began to grow and, and transition those, um, those skill sets and develop um, those gifts. Um, so yeah, so to fast forward through um, all of those opportunities, I've been, again, blessed to be able to meet a lot of different people and do a lot of different things. You know, I do contractual work for the Herbie Hancock Institute of Jazz, which I love. Mm -hmm. You know, um, shouts to my aunt Michelle and my cousin Jen. Um, we get to travel the world together um, and work with some amazing artists. And it is so humbling, you know, um, very different from what I do on a day to day. And I think that's what <laughs> allowed me to, you know, have longevity in a in a world of of service delivery. You know, um, even on a senior leadership level. Um, because it keeps me humble. <laughs> I can't complain. Oh, T, you touched so many pieces. I'm like, where do I jump in? Oh, um, the, the burning question I have for you is what led you to be your mainstay line of work? I think it, it is brilliant. We'll, we'll come back and talk about how, um, you have positioned yourself to do so many different things to keep yourself going. But what I know about you is there was a lot of clarity. I just remember this from a college standpoint. You're like, I know what I want to do and who I want to help. What, what made that clear for you? What was the driving piece there? I just, I think there's some really good self-exploration. So share that with us. I, I think... I think uh, honestly, it, it all, it starts with my mom, of course. And I always say my mother is, you know, the, the teacher of love for me. Mm. Um, and because I watch my mom, you know, go to college when my sister was in college and when I was in school and I would come home and I would cook dinner. And when she realized, you know, she needed to do something a little bit different. Um, my father passed at an early age. It was always the Williams girls. Um, and my family was so supportive um, on both sides and we're cl a close family on my mom's side. And um, so watching her just make it happen. And I think that people probably had expectations that um, we wouldn't be probably, I guess, depending on how someone would define successful. Um, uh, you know, I remember sometimes when I would go back to Jersey and I would go to church with mom and my old Sunday school teacher, Miss Rice, you know, Sister Rice loved her to death. And, you know, she would be like, wow, both of your girls have finished college and they're doing these things. And so it's almost kind of like sometimes you feel like people 
didn't have an expectation for you to do well um, for whatever reason or expect it differently. Um, and so I watch, you know, my mom be so fearless in raising us as girls and, you know, what we, what you're not going to do is, <laughs> you know, and what you are going to do. Um, I watched her do that. I have many days watched her pray and cry, mm -hmm. cry and pray. And a lot of those tears probably, um, was because of me <laughs> and some things. Um, but I, I, but she never said that there isn't anything that you couldn't do, Tammy, or that you couldn't be. Um, if anything, she always pushed me, Nick, because she knew that I was greater than what I was giving myself credit for. And, and mm -hmm. greater was in, you, greater was in me. Yep. You know? um, and I love her for that. Um, she never told me I wasn't going to be anything. She never told me that you're not going to be successful at this. You know, I, she never told me that I wasn't going to do well at something. Um, and I appreciate that, um, you know, that love and just that, that drive and that hustle, you know, watching her work and trying to, um, you know, go to school and computers were just out then. So, and, and that's what she was studying and, you know, just wanting us to have better and wanting us to do better and be better. Um, because my father died at a young age, you know, she always, always said, you know, she asked God to allow her to live, to see us grow up and be able to take care of ourselves. And that, and that drive that she had was because she didn't want anybody to mistreat us you know, um, and I'm blessed to have her still, you know, watching us grow up still, you know, today, and she'll be 81 in, in, in November. Um, it's, a, it's amazing yeah. to me to even think that anyone would not expect you and Pam, who's also our, our soror, and uh, Pam is, is a boss chick, there's no question. Yeah. Um, I love her. I love to be surrounded by these two because they are just, they're powerhouses. But your mom is amazing. And you talk about powerhouse, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, what I remember about, about the first time I met her, I was like, she knows exactly what she wants and how she wants it. And there is no fear in telling anybody what she thinks. Like, I loved that boldness of, from her. And it's funny because that's what I remember about you. When I first met you, I was like, I like her. Like, she's just <laughs> like, you know, this is not, we're, it ain't going down this way. That's not what we're going to do. This is not the way we're going to roll. We don't do that. We are at this level. Like, and your mom is so that way. So I just think it's, you know, I, I can't imagine anyone not expecting the two of you to just set the world afire because that's who she was. And I know that's what she poured into you. And clearly you've both done that in your career and in your lives. So uh, kudos to mom because she, she yeah. did a phenomenal job. And I know you were surrounded by a great family who also has poured into you as well. Um, but she is a, she is a superstar, a stellar mom. And I wouldn't have expected anything less of either of you. And if they lived in our house every day, then they would have, they would have not had that. They would have had the same expectation too that she did. Um, 
you know, but it, it, it is, it's, it's just, like I said, amazing sometimes of how you, um, and we just, how we grew up, you know, we grew up in a time where a lot of, you know, young girls our age were having children, you know, they weren't finishing high school, um, just a lot of different stuff was happening in that time frame of the, you know, early 90s and, and mid 90s when we were during our time of growing up. And so, you know, it was that, you know, thing of, I have to rear them a little bit different. So it was that tough love, but it was also conversations about things. And, um, and as we grew up and as she grew, having to raise us, you know, two girls. And it was like, we did things together. Like I can remember my sister being in college and, and like on Fridays, you know, it was TGIF and I loved Fridays in high school. Like mm -hmm. my junior year, I <clears throat> remember like the nail salon was literally up the street, not far from the house. And so on Fridays, that was our thing. Like we go get our nails done. We're picking up whatever we're eating for dinner that night, whether it's Chinese or pizza. And it was like, we're going home and we're watching Urkel and, you know, family now, all these <laughs> Whereas some, you know, whereas, and, and I went, I was blessed to be able to go to Catholic school. And <clears throat> so whereas some people on Fridays, you know, they might've been hanging out or doing whatever, like that was our thing. And I look forward to that and I liked it. So it was a, it was a, a, probably a fun way of her keeping me in, you know, unless we had something that I really, you know, wanted to do, but it was, it was our time. And then if my sister came home for the weekend, it was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, we're going to go shopping and, you know, we're going to be doing these things. And so that girl time was already embedded in me. So I think it just kind of the importance of self-care, the importance of, of taking care of yourself and the importance of, of taking time for yourself um, was already there. And so it just transferred into how I value my relationships, um, extended family, you know, immediate family and, and those connections to um, people and that bond and that sisterhood. So it was, um, you know, when I think about it, it just transferred into how my relationships grew from college, you know, to, to moving to Maryland. Um, my extended family, you know, um, Mara, Ayana, you know, Natalie, you know the crew, like you and Corinne mm -hmm. and would come down all the time, <laughs> like, all, you know, hang out and have like this great time. And um, yeah, so it's like, you know, Bridget and oh man, like my brothers here, you know, Sean and Jeff in, is in Delaware with his wife, Naja and um, Kenny and like, you know, like I said, Sean, like, oh, Josh, like I mm, met gosh. some amazing yeah. living in this area that take care of me. Um, and that's just, you know, not even talking about sores and relationships, you know, Dawn and Alicia and Clarabelle, who I, you know, I call Clarabelle Butter. And um, <laughs> she's always just, you know, as a Northerner, she's always just so smooth. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've been, you know, just those relationships. And it's just like, they just grow. And you just meet 
people. And like you said, you don't have to talk all the time, but when you do connect, because it's so organic and it's genuine, mm -hmm. it's just like it's there. And to watch that elevation of growth, um, you know, and to be able to experience that, it's really just humbling on both sides. Because I've watched some of our, you know, younger sores that are my little sisters that have come in that they are they own homes they have children now they're married or you know they own businesses like doing some boss stuff mm -hmm. when you think back of those times when they were like us just trying to figure it out and and just to be connected to that that energy um it, it just you know it says something and that's just you know a, a, a beautiful thing I think it, I think it says something about who you are too, because as you went down the list of your circle, mm -hmm. um, these are, these are like your closest mm -hmm. circle. And that was a lot of people. And you somehow managed to nurture those relationships, show up for people in a way that they know they can count on you. Um, whether it's just, I just need somebody to sit and pray with me. I need somebody to talk me through this. Um, I can remember reaching out to you when I shared um, with you confidentially that, that you know, I was separating mm -hmm. um, from my now ex-husband and I was like, I just need a few minutes with you. And I walked around my neighborhood five times on the phone with you that day. And probably a couple of weeks later, I think is when we had the record for the longest conversation. We're not going to tell you what day of the week it was because that's too telling. But um, we talked for somewhere around four hours. I mean, and it was, it was a, it was a really big catch up. What we didn't know at that time, can I share that? Um, what we didn't know at that time is that both of us were going through some pretty significant transition in relationships. And so um, we had no idea that we were both in the same place and it was so healing to not just be able to turn to my sister and say, I'm hurting and I just, I, I have to navigate my way through this and I'm not sure how to. And to know that she also was just in a place where she was prayerful about what next steps to take. And so what she poured into me was a lot of godly wisdom and the word for me to be able to lean on and the encouragement to really be still and listen to God. Um, I wanna share a quick story T and then I wanna go back to 94 cause I'm like, I'm excited <laughs> to tell everybody why we named this episode what we did, but um, you lived in North Carolina mm -hmm. and I remember that we came to visit you Mm -hmm. And we had a ball. We had such fun, you know, grilled and all of that good stuff and just fun in the kitchen. It was just, it reminded me of old times. Although back in those old times, we had boxed <clears throat> wine and typically I was blending something. We might've had more beverages than we did food, um, mm -hmm. but nobody's talking about that. But right. what I remember is that you know, typically somebody comes to your house for the first time, you take them on a tour and you kind of, you know, get them to see your space and all that stuff. And what I remember about that house outside the fact that I loved your kitchen and I could yeah. stay there and cook for forever. It was great. But you took me to your prayer closet. 
And um, yeah. If you've ever, for our audience, been in a space where you just walk in and you feel God, I think sometimes we expect that in church. I think sometimes we expect that in like our praying grandparents' homes. Um, I walk into this prayer closet and I remember that tears came to my eyes in that moment. I was overwhelmed by emotion. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is part of how you maintain through the challenges and the ups and downs of life. This is how you build and strengthen your relationship with God. This is how, when I need to lean on somebody, like this is where it's coming from. You are plugged directly into him. And you talked about Overseer Gray and the push to build an individual relationship with God, which is one of the biggest challenges that's happening right now. COVID has clearly shown that so many people's relationship and connection to God has been coming through the church, through their pastor, instead of individual linkage. Um, and, and prayerfully, if anybody is listening to this and that's their experience, we want to encourage you that you always have to have that relationship for yourself. Know the word for yourself. Seek God for yourself because no one can have that relationship for you. We fellowship together, but you've got to know him for yourself. Mm. But I, I would love for you to share the journey to build your prayer closet, what that experience has been like for you. Um, <laughs> Because I just, because I know that it is a place where dreams have been birthed for you, where prayers have been answered, where you've laid some things at the altar that he's removed. So just share a little bit about that. Um, and well, I can definitely, I cannot take credit for um, creating the, the prayer room. Um, I have to um, definitely say, that my uh, soon-to-be ex-husband, um, after 14 years of being together, um, created that for me. <clears throat> and it was during a time where, right, we were in living in Charlotte. Mm. Um, he had gotten accepted into law school and it had been a long time dream of his to go. Um, and we were at a place in our life where um, my son, who's my stepson, but, uh, uh, you know, our son, um, <clears throat> was almost done with college and we were in a financial place where we could do that. And it was like, okay, you get in, we're going to go. And even in the midst of making that decision and you, and you know, and we were there for five years and, um, I always knew that I, I needed to be supported um, of this for him because I knew it was something that was super important to him. And I never wanted it, wanted him to look back and say, oh, like, well, I didn't do this because, and you know, I'm, I'm a ride or die, right? Um, and so I'm like, absolutely, this is what we're gonna do. And so he gets in and we're excited. And he's like, oh, I think I found the house. And he's like, you know, I've, I've gotten a realtor. I'm doing the legwork. And I remember 
he was like, yep, we're, we're getting it. And I'm like, we can't get it without seeing it. And he just knew, he was like, you're going to love this. I'm going to handle everything. And I'm like, no, I need to go down there and see it myself and talk to the realtor and get <laughs> our money, you know? So, and I remember driving to get to the house and it was kind of like driving through, it was in Matthews and it was like, I had to drive through this particular, um, uh, I want to say older part of town um, that had like um, a lot of trailer homes. And, and I remember driving through and I was like, oh no, like he already knows. Like, what, where am I going? But I got to the corner and I turned and I drove up to the light and then you drive up a little bit and you turn into this new development, right? And it's this plantation development, beautiful homes and like all this... And it was like, oh. And so when I got there, I fell in love. I was just like, he, he was right. And I realized her, her name was Tammy Lynn Jackson. Shout out to T.L. Jackson. And I was like, this is crazy because that's my first name. That's my middle name. Um, her <laughs> was like, an, you know, it's like all the things that align. And so, mm -hmm. and, I, and I say that to say that when you, sometimes when you're operating in certain things and when, and, and you begin to change your life and the, and the growth and the change was happening, that I began to consult, right, with God before anything we would venture into. And it was like, it was so purposed. Like this woman has the same name. Like I went here. I love, you know, I love the house. My sister, my niece met me because it was my niece's birthday. We went downtown Charlotte, all of this in a weekend, right? And it was like, oh, this is it. We're going to be moving. Loved, loved, loved that house. Um, and going back and forth because I did not give up my job in the DMV and I worked in DC on Capitol Hill. <clears throat> and I remember at the time, uh, we went to my, uh, you know, went to my ED and, and she was newly in her role. And um, I remember saying, hey, this was in the works prior to you coming, you know, um, which is the part of why I did, I did not want that role. Um, and I was like, what do you think Here's what we talked about. But now that you're here, this is what I want to do. And I said, you know, I'll come up maybe like, you know, she's like maybe once a month and, you know, one week a month and all this stuff. And she's just like, and I just thought that that was like, that's not, you know, nearly enough. I can come up twice a month, you know, it's an hour flight. And so we said, we're going to try this out and we're going to see how it works. You know, no one in the history of my organization had ever worked from home. More than, you know, like a couple of days, mm -hmm. right? This was way before, this was before this wave of working from home as we are now was so popular. And, um, but we're going to try it. So I, we came up, my board agreed. We come up with this agreement. We're going to revisit it in six months. And six months turned into five years, right? Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> So the, the agreement never got revisited. I assigned it for the six months. And so we never looked back at that paper for five years. Mm, 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 five years, I got to work remotely from Charlotte. Um, and I would come up 
twice a month, two weeks a month, like every other week I would be home. And so in the midst of this, and sometimes I would be up for a little longer and then sometimes I'd be home for three weeks and then just come, but it worked, right? And it was me coming home one weekend and he said, I have something to show you. And um, he takes me upstairs. He's like, come on, put your bags down. And he always said, you know, you walk in the door, walk in the house, you're always fussing. Like you never just like, it's always something to do, right? You're like always on. And um, I, he was like, come on, just, you know, drop your stuff and come in the, you know, he picks me up from the airport and I'm coming in and, and you know, our dogs hoe outside. He's like, let me, um, and our dog's name was Q, right? Most beautiful mm -hmm. old English bulldog. Mm -hmm. And um, so I go upstairs and he said, I want to show you something. And we had watched a long time prior, uh, the war room, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this was around that time. And he said, I remember how emotional I just got when I watched that movie. And I watched her share the importance of the and he was like, and I know that you go into our closet and pray, right? And we had a wonderful walk-in, huge closet. And he had his own and I had my own. And, and he said, and so I want to show you something. So he goes in, we, we go into the one of the other bedrooms, spare rooms, and as you saw, and when he opened the door, Mm -hmm. He had my chair in there, the Bible, different, mm -hmm. you know, scriptures that I would have that he had post posted in the wall. And oh my gosh, I, it, I have to say that I have, he has blessed me with so many wonderful gifts, right? Throughout the years of being together. But I have to say that that was the greatest Yes. of all the gifts mm -hmm. because it wasn't something he had to go buy me like he literally he recognized the importance of my prayer life and my recognize the importance and significance of God and I and I venture to say that he 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 got it downloaded into him that it was necessary to have that because he was witnessing it, but it was transferring to him too, right? Powerful. And so he creates, he sets up this room and I instantly was just like taken aback. Mm -hmm. And it has and always will be other next to the kitchen, right? <laughs> and my pot rack in the ceiling. Um, my favorite room in the house. And I would go in there and, you know, I go in there and that really changed so much within me mm -hmm. and my relationship with God. I mean, sometimes I would go in there and I would be in there talking to him like I'm talking to you and just, it, it'd be like an hour and a half, two hours, like, you know, just sitting in there and just the peace and the mm -hmm. comfort and so then everything that was being asked when, when I um, would be there, what happened in that room? 
And since that time, it is, it is, um, of course, been such a part of me that every, every, ever, every house since has that space of where I have to go and I have to spend that, um, you know, that I have to spend that time. Beautiful. And I was, and, and I, it was so moving that when I would come back and fly back to Maryland and I would stay in our house in Maryland, which didn't have anything really in it, I would go in one of the other rooms. I set that room up the same. Mm-hmm. And so it, I would, it wouldn't just be contingent upon me being home in Charlotte, that I would be intentional about my devotional time and my prayer time um, in both houses. And I am forever grateful to him, um, um, you know, for that. Can you talk about the intentionality piece? Um, And what was interesting for me is, it was a statement for me to see the space dedicated to that time in that way. And what I equated it to then, and I wanna make sure that our listeners understand, is that there's a difference between fitting God in to your life and building your life around God. Mm-hmm. And you know, this the, the intentionality of a dedicated space, dedicated time, consistency of rhythm, dedication of what you do, that's transformative. And that's what I saw. It's what I heard from you that day. It's what I saw in your face. It's what showed up in our conversation and what I've known every day every day since. I um, have been the beneficiary of lots of daily devotionals. Um, <laughs> and he seems to know exactly what I'm supposed to have when I'm supposed to have it. And I think that is certainly source pouring it through her. Like, don't forget to send this to Anika because right now, right about now, this is what she needs to hear. <laughs> um, but there's, there's something about the intentionality and I love that you took it into Maryland and that it's been, it continues to be a commitment for whatever house you're in. We try to fit God in and that is not what he expects of us, right? It is, it, it, our lives should honor source because when we honor source, all the rest of the stuff falls into place. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that is so good. I hope you are sitting at the edge of your seat ready to hear the next part of the Remarkable Orator from B-I-G to G-O-D episode with the Remarkable Tammy Hunter. Um, This episode, we broke into two parts because there's such great salient pieces in her storytelling. And then in part two, you'll really get to hear why we named the episode um, from B-I-G to G-O-D. And actually, this is the perfect place for us to break. I hope you'll reflect on the intentionality around ensuring that God has a present place in your life and that you're building your life around God and not the other way around. That's one of the the most salient points that we heard from Tammy um, in this episode. 
There's also the piece around ensuring that you're building your circles around you and really allowing the people who are, are a part of your circle to pour into you um, and for you to have a, a connection and commitment to pour into them. One of the things that I honor about T is the way that she nurtures her relationships. In seasons like this, where there is so much going on, you know, we think about the impact of COVID, the socio, the, the uh, societal unrest, um, the dynamics of people's lives that have significantly changed as their socioeconomic um, situations have changed, the people who've lost significant family members, lost jobs. There's just a lot of change happening in everyone's lives. No one is untouched or unimpacted by the things that we've experienced over the last 18 months. And so given that, I just want to call to your attention the importance of reaching out and connecting with those you love, of making sure that people have the opportunity to hear from you, know that they're being thought of, and for them to pour into you and for you to pour into them. It really does matter that we extend ourselves to connect to one another. One of the things that is the premise for starting this podcast is around creating relationships and belonging. And it's really difficult to do that if you don't extend yourself and provide the opportunity for others to pour into you. That can be scary sometimes, especially when we've been hurt um, or when we've been impacted. And, you know, if you think about Tammy suffering the loss of a parent so early on in life, um, and I know that as well from my mom who lost her father um, when she was 10, it has a lifelong impact on you and you are ever changed. Um, And it takes a lot to push past that fear and discomfort Um, and grief to allow others in and to build in strong relationships. But you can do that if you so choose. And T is a great example of that. It's one of the things that I think is remarkable about um, her and her story. I hope you'll join us for part two. I promise you we continue the laughter. We start off by talking about um, the role that you know, Notorious B.I.G. played in our lives um, from a couple different facets, but just really the grounding of friendship and and how how he, um, really you could say bad boy in general, but but specifically Biggie was kind of the soundtrack for this time in our lives and how at this point in our lives, there's a significant shift to the presence of God um, for both of us. And so we'll talk about that and lots of other really interesting things like all of T's nicknames in part two. So I hope you'll join us for that. Um, And I thank you for being here for the Remarkable Orator podcast. Um, I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to tell you a story. We'll see you soon.